0: Let's mm-hmm. Tonight is a uh, UFC Fight Night podcast. Uh, Frank Mir versus Mark Hunt for the uh, for the headline, and um, we got you know, me and Andrew are doing this breakdown. What's up? We're using the magic. of up? We're using the magic of FaceTime to get this thing done as usual. So before we get into um, the fight night talk, uh, there's there's been a couple of uh, upsets that have happened over the last couple of weeks. So we got. Uh, Conor McGregor was defeated by uh, Nathan Diaz so uh, did you get a chance to catch that one
1: man I'll tell you what I um I didn't get to watch it that Saturday night because it was uh, my my friend John it was his birthday and so I was like man I gotta go to this birthday party so I went went to his birthday and hung out and uh actually I had a nasty ear infection that was just like man those things are debilitating and so I was like I don't want to hang out late I went home went to sleep, woke up. Before I went to my buddy Chad's gym on Sunday, I was like, I'm gonna watch the Diaz fight. So I put it on, watching it. I'm like, man, oh, you know, oh, Diaz, he's he's getting you know hurt pretty bad here. I'll tell you what, man. When that fight ended, I went crazy. Yeah. I was... Screaming. I was going nuts. My cats were on the bed, like, chilling. They went. They were like, oh, shit. They thought, like, <laughs> the world was ending. They, like, ran off downstairs. They're, like, trying to hide. I went insane. Yeah. I was laughing like a madman. I went to that workout that day. Like, I had taken, like, eight scoops of pre-workout, you know, like, uh, whatever uh, that stuff is that the old... Ripped uh, fuel. ...Hate Eternal drummer used to take, man. <laughs>
0: Ripped fuel, right? Was that it, or?
2: Uh, jacked.
0: Jacked 3D. that, <laughs> Jack 3D. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: what I
3: felt
0: like, man. That
1: fight was amazing.
0: Yeah, I caught it live over at Raves, and I was I went I went ballistic, man. And um, I mean, yeah, of course I was excited that McGregor lost, but I'm excited that Nate won. Really, you know what I mean? I feel like, you know, Nate. Has had this kind of checkered past with the UFC. Um, you know, he had a, he had a long dispute with over his contract. Uh, he was defeated by uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, and then he came back and won his last fight against um, what the hell is that guy's name? Michael, Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. He Holy looked, crap! He looked great in that fight, and um, great. you know, it was a decision win. Um, you know, his boxing looked great, and then he takes this fight. Uh, on 11 days notice against Conor McGregor. And I, I had my doubts, man. Like, you know, I, gave, we, I picked him because I never pick McGregor, even though I think sometimes he's going to win. But, and I always go with 209, man. Because, like, if there's any anyone who's going to be the upset, going to be the, the fly in the ointment, it's going to be either Nick or Nate Diaz. They're going to come through and ruin the day for you. That's how I see it and um you know well not for us well not for us but i mean if you're if you're (laughs) fighting one of the diaz brothers there's there's a good chance you're gonna ruin your day some way or the other they're gonna get it done you know and and on top of that you know me i'm a fan of those guys for a long time they kind of represent the outsider you know and that's why i've always been a big fan of theirs and um you know i even i even side for the side with them when they're going against other fighters that i like i mean you know when they when they when nick fought um George St. Pierre I was still kind of on Nick's side believe it or not you know but um yeah it was cool man I was excited about that um it's sort of uh, actually a funny aside it's right before we started this I saw on the Bleacher Report this uh John Jones headline where John Jones is said he's glad Conor McGregor lost and um, I thought that was really funny but it's kind of read the rest of it no I did I read I I was like I saw that when I got out of the subway and i was like oh let me i'm going to read this when i have my uh, had a couple pieces of sushi before we started this podcast nice and um yeah i talked about him being humbling and you know all this other stuff and it was good for him and but i thought it was funny how he said that you know he's he's a fan and then apparently he went on this big twitter rampage about uh mcgregor um you know sort of calling mcgregor out on his uh, claim to be the number one pound for pound so it's like jones is still playing the heel which i think is pretty awesome i think he's like being his like true self now instead of trying to be this like you know kind of like candy candy coated version of himself for the press. You know, and I, I I dig the honesty and I kinda like the new John Jones, you know, in my opinion. You know? Yeah, I agree, man.
1: I, I it's way nice to heh, wrong word, but it's it's good to see uh John Jones be John Jones rather than say something and then be like, oh I didn't mean that. You know, yeah. it's better for him just to be like, hey, listen, because I think that he, well, one, he's more comfortable. Yes. And two, he's, you know, he's saying he's glad he lost because he thinks he's going to grow from it. Yeah. that And that's good. And then on the other hand, he's also saying, you're not the pound for pound. And people are foolish if they think that he could have fought me, no. John Jones, who is the pound for pound, you know, if not Fabrizio Verdum. Um, and it's like yeah, that's, that's valid too. You know? And and I think that's, that's good.
0: People are getting a little confused as, you know, with, with McGregor's success. And um, I mean, I've said it before that I still think that his career is a little kinky, you know, and even, even his rise in the featherweight division, there's a lot of guys he didn't fight. And I feel that there has been a carefully architected path to the belt that was laid out and he just followed it, you know, and that, You know, there's like this this sort of sense that the UFC is protecting him. You know, his fans don't want to see him fight certain people because he might lose. And I think that's bullshit. And um, it's like, take glory kickboxing, for example. It's always the best fighting the best. There's no storyline. There's no... It's like the best guys with the best records fight. They fight. And that's it. That's who becomes a champion. You know? And, you know, it's a very... You know, maybe that's why like they got dropped from Spike cuz no one gives a fuck in the States. Like in Europe it's right, still there's no drama. It's yeah. just all sport. It's very European. Like in Europe, you know, there's it's still like a pretty, you know, pretty big deal, but in the United States, it's now you can watch it you on know, Fight Pass, you know. But uh but yeah, it's people got confused. Um McGregor is, you know, he's a skilled fighter, but he needs to stay in his lane. And I'm glad to see that Nate defeated him and also, I think it's sort of ludicrous that they were trying to paint this as a welterweight fight when it was just two yeah. two lightweights or, or a lightweight and a, and a featherweight who did not cut down to their respective weight classes to do this fight. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that Conor might have even – I mean, I don't know what he had to do to not to, – to, coming at 170, I don't know when, what he stopped doing. I don't know if that hindered him at all. I mean, I don't know if it was only cutting weight that he stopped doing when he realized he was going to fight Nick, uh, Nate Diaz, excuse me. Um, but I don't know. Like, um, what if he stopped doing some cardio too, or something? Like, I don't know where he was at 11 days before the fight. But would he have done better, you know, fighting closer to 155? You know, I wonder what the, how, if the weight slowed him down or anything. I mean, the guy was talking about energy and economy of movement and uh how <laughs> it was pretty ludicrous at the at the post fight i don't know if you got a chance Yeah to so it. of course
0: i watched about, that yeah
1: he was just talking about you know oh i lost because of my i misused my energy it was like yeah okay man it's like sure it just sounds so new agey like yeah i lost because i forgot to burn my incense um i think that he might have done better if he had fought Lighter, you know, I mean, you're talking about uh, use of energy. Well, you're he weighs more, you know, perhaps he would be weaker from the weight cut, I don't know, but he would be lighter and uh, probably faster, so that could have helped him.
0: Well, I think Chael Sonnen was saying that this is before the fight. He, I, I heard an interview with him, and he had a sort of analysis of the whole thing, and he was talking about how. You know, and I I tend to agree with this, like the larger guys, the larger bodies, like the more mass, you can actually take that shot a lot better than a smaller guy. So, and Mm -hmm. it kind of, it kind of like rung true in the fight where McGregor was uh, trying to knock Nate out with every shot and he just kept walking through him because Nate is naturally, he's 6'2 and like probably was like in the 170s when he fought him, you know, like after making weight, he probably hydrated again slightly. So he was able to absorb those shots, but at one forty five, you know, he's like shellacking these guys who are like these these tiny dudes.
1: And drained. Yeah. Aldo's another person that just drains himself, you know.
0: Yeah. You know, so first round, you know, connected, cut cut up Diaz, but also those guys got so much scar tissue that bleeding is not a big deal. You know, everyone's like, Oh my totally. god, look at his face. Yeah. You know. I have like scar tissue on my feet and they bleed constantly. I have to always tape up the tops of my feet, you know, and it's just like for nothing. They just fucking, they they open up, you know, and uh, it's not a big deal. But the, um, you know, that's to be like, I oh yeah, I ran out of gas. It's like, mis- it's like excuses and it's bullshit. And he should have just been like, I lost. Nate was a better guy tonight and that's totally. that, you know, because he was, you know, and also absolutely. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we seen guys fight because they're exhausted and they lose? And that's, there's never excuses being made, you know? Or they win. Or they win. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think it's, um, you know, the fans making excuses, the UFC making excuses. It's like, hey, you win, some guy wins, some guy loses, and that's the way it is. All the guys that he beat at 145, no one made excuses for them. No one made excuses for Jose Aldo when he got knocked out in 13 seconds. So why make excuses for this, you know, this guy who wasn't prepared to fight at 170, you know? I mean, the reality is that he def- he lost to Nate Diaz who has 10 losses on his record um and who has 11 days notice to get ready for the fight. That's the reality. No matter how you cut it, no matter how you want to say, it. and McGregor had a full camp to prepare. That's just the way it is. You know, I mean I don't. That's a factual statement, so you can't really argue that stuff, you know. So I'm glad, glad he lost, you know. Yeah, I tell you the truth, man.
1: If that's the McGregor that was going to show up to the RDA fight, oh my god, la- later, dude.
0: Yeah, RDA in shape would have destroyed him. And then this ludicrous talk of him fighting Robbie Lawler.
1: He's lucky. He's, he got out of. He got out of it lucky fighting Nate Diaz. Yeah. If he could fought Robbie Lawler, Jesus.
0: Robbie, Rory McDonald. He doesn't want to see he doesn't want he doesn't want to fight that fight, Rory McDonald. Rory would be a even
1: worse fight for him because if Rory got on top of him, he would carve him up.
0: Yeah, totally. So I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Is now is he I want to see him fight Frankie Edgar. Who knows if that's gonna happen? Most likely not. Well,
1: it's not like he, he wanted to go back down to one hundred forty five now. He realized that he needs to build back, or at least show that he hasn't lost that air, you know?
0: Yeah, but, like, there's there's talking him fighting Aldo again.
1: Yeah, they said they want that, too.
0: Yeah, of course. You know, that's the and guy that's they fine. know they
1: beat. You know, two things. Um, I, I, well, a few, actually. So I recently rewatched the season that Nate Diaz won of The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, It was totally. really cool seeing Nate on that. And just the way that Nate's been, you know, carrying himself pretty much this whole time, he's always, out of both the Diaz brothers, he is the one that I feel like, you know, I think they're both, you know, intelligent guys, but he's the one who, he has that take-no-shit attitude, but he comes off more intelligent than people want to give him credit for, especially, I think, the UFC. Yeah. You know, he had this interview afterwards with... uh uh uh, uh Dominic Cruz and the rest of the guys at at Fox. Yeah. And he was at the table and he was talking. And man, not only did they have a lot of respect for him, where I was like, "Right on, man." Cool. He had a lot of respect for them and he came off really really awesome the things that he was saying. And uh I think he only swore once. He like <laughs> really realized where he was. Uh I was like, "Man, I I really I've always liked Diaz, but I gained even more respect for him as a person um post fight from this. I was like, "Wow, man, you know, obviously he's a professional, but he really is a professional." And um I watched the Mendez uh Aldo fight again. Yeah. And tell you the truth, man, I love Aldo. Yeah. Aldo's awesome. You know, best featherweight ever amazing you know first champion of the UFC long defending in that division he gets hit a lot
0: yes he does and he,
1: and he got hit way too much to get against Mendez yep and against someone like McGregor who does have a lot of power in that left hand at that weight class you can't get hit that much yeah no. at that weight class you just can't get hit that much over five rounds the amount of times that Aldo got got hit got hit clean got rocked got dropped yeah you know, I was like, man, after watching that, I'm like, it kind of makes sense. You know, uh, you can't, you just can't get hit that many times against McGregor, mm-hmm. who's probably the best power puncher in that division. Um, I'll get
0: definitely, absolutely. I'll give him that, you know, I think that he is yeah. for a guy who's actually, probably supposed to be a lightweight, he's sucking down to 145. Yeah, he is the best, uh, you know, power puncher in a lighter division than he should be in. Definitely. I know that's like a crooked way of saying it, but that's really what it is. Because the dude started yep. out at 155. He yes. really can't make 145 much longer, like healthy, you know? So he's he's going to end up in 155 eventually, you know? Yeah, and even it,
1: Rogan was like, look at him. Look yeah. at the weigh ins. He showed two photos. He was like, look at him at 145. He looks like someone who can't digest food properly <laughs> and absorb nutrients. Yeah. Now look at him at 170. He's like, you know, thick and like still ripped. Right. He's like filled.
0: You yeah. Know. It's like hydrated.
1: Hydrated. He's just big. But um, th-
0: that 170 is ne- not a reality for him. And I, no. I, I'm going to say 155. You got Khabib Nurmagomedov. You got Rafael Dos Anjos. You got Cowboy Cerrone. You got. Ferguson. Tony Ferguson, the dark horse of 155. You know, yeah,
1: man.
0: you got all those guys down there too, who are, Comfortable at that weight class, you know, and Cowboy's even a big guy for one one fifty five too. I mean, he had a, he had a fight at one seventy,
1: right? I mean, he might stay at one seventy like Mendo. Yeah.
0: Totally, you know, you got Anthony Pettis at one fifty five. You know, yeah, that'd be a very interesting fight. Yeah, no, none of those are good matchups for him. So, and, and honestly, I think I think Edgar and I think Mendez on a full camp beat McGregor in my opinion. You know, I mean that's. I don't think it's going to be the steamroll that you know he thinks it's going to be, or he wants people to think it's going to be.
1: Did you see that thing where Nate was talking to Dominic Cruz and Frankie Edgar post-fight on Fox?
0: I don't think I saw it. No, I didn't see that one.
1: He told Frankie Edgar, "They're not going to give you this fight with a full camp." He said that he's like, "They're not going to let you have Connor with a full camp. No way." He's like, "They wouldn't let me have it. The only way they're going to give." People like us, this fight
4: is if we take it on a short notice. I was like, damn, dude. I'm glad he
0: said that, man, because there's a lot of bullshit. There's a lot of like WWE bullshit going on in, in, in like the UFC. And look, you know, I get it. They want to make money. You're getting these new fans in there, but it's also, I just want to see the best against the best under the, under fair conditions. You know, I don't like these short notice fights. I just think it's bullshit. I think it's not it's not good for the sport to have these guys at the last minute go in there and and fight. I mean, you know, people get injured. I understand, but you you can't, you know, it, they're they're picking the opponents, you know. And and even the fans are like they don't want to see the guy lose, so they they're like bucking to have him fight these people that are beatable. And I think that that's kind of like a like a really like like kind of weak way of of enjoying the sport. You know, I'd rather just see the best versus the best.
1: It's also the only place that some people find they can get an opportunity. Like, you know, Chad Mendes made a shitload of money and he knew that he was going into that, you know, with hardly any training and yeah. and it was going to be tough. And, you know, probably for the first time in his fight career was like, shit, I might lose this, but I can't pass up this opportunity for this amount of money.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and, and a welterweight interim belt or not welterweight, um, uh, featherweight interim featherweight, belt. Yeah. yeah. You know, which is like kind of meaningless really, but like, whatever.
1: Interim belts usually are.
0: Yeah. It's like having like a fucking silver star or something like that. You know,
1: especially know. that one. It was like Aldo, you know, hurts a rib and they're like interim belt. It's like, what? You know, he's like, Hey, I'll be back in uh, four weeks, guys. Interim belt. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. They can't wait to fucking put a paper hat on this guy. Totally. You know,
0: and this whole claim about multiple weight classes, it's like, you know, hey, Randy Couture fought in two he had a, the belt in two weight classes. Uh what about BJ Penn? Twice. BJ, BJ Penn fought at fucking light heavyweight, didn't or what? He was or That might have been heavyweight. That was actually. a heavyweight fight actually against Lado <laughs> yeah, Machida. Machida, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a heavy cause Insane. they were like two oh eight or 210 or something in that. Yeah, he he fought 145, right 155, 170 and heavyweight. Yeah. So that to me that's pretty fucking crazy too, man. You know.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, there's like a lot of revision going on. A lot of a lot of like uh, you know, amber vision glasses when it comes to this McGregor worship and I think that it just kind of like disgusts me a little bit, you know, especially since there are guys out there like Rory McDonald that don't make the kind of money that McGregor has. And, Insane, million
1: and dollars.
0: Yeah, and he's First a company Christian man. Fighter. Company man. He's been doing all the right things, taking the fights, and he's not making anywhere near what McGregor's making. You yeah, know?
1: he took. He took. Oh my God, that you know Lawler fight. The amount of damage he took is like, oh man, it's just so much. It's it's like it's it's like multiple people's damage during the year in the UFC in one fight.
0: I mean, he might not ever come back the same after that. Honestly, I mean, that's, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'd like, I'd like to think that he comes back, but that might, that might have, have affected him on a deep level, really, like the damage he took in that fight. I'm curious. I mean, he's fighting Wonder Boy next, so. Yeah, that's an interesting fight. That's two really, really sick martial artists fighting each other. It's going to be a really, really good, good fight. You know. Very
1: interesting fight. Yeah.
0: And also we uh we had another upset that evening with uh with Holly Holm versus Misha Tate.
1: Yeah, you know, I didn't get I still haven't seen that. I know it's crazy. Um what sort of soured that for me was I watched the the Diaz McGregor one first. Yeah. And um and Mike Goldberg was like <laughs> what a crazy night. Uh Misha Tate choked out Holly Holm and I was like fucking goddamn like Like, I realized I watched it out of order, but I wanted to watch the Diaz-McGregor fight first. And um, they're usually really good about that, but sometimes someone slips up. And I've never had it be so blatant before, but it was like, oh,
4: man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she literally, she choked her unconscious. Holly didn't tap. Well, I
1: mean, Holm just didn't, she like kept fighting trying to get out. Yeah,
0: Yeah, she didn't tap.
1: Yeah, I mean, just trying to fight the whole time—that's commendable.
0: Yeah, but yeah, it was an exciting night. Um, you know, a lot of action. Uh, probably the most uh, worked up I've ever gotten at a fight. Um, you know, I'm usually pretty, uh, pretty composed when I watch these things, but when when Nate sunk that that rear naked in, I just lost my shit, man. Dude, you know.
1: I haven't gone that crazy. I was telling there's two guys um we we have a MMA gym here in town that used to be part of Bomb Squad that was what Jones was part of. And um this place actually it's uh it's up at the mall in Ithaca. The um what the hell is that guy's name? Uh, uh Tiger is his name. He's uh I think he's one hundred forty five. He won a tournament in um in Bellator. He used to train there. He's from he's from Russia. And uh, they have the big check in the window for the oh, cool. winning the tournament. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And um, these two guys, brothers, they were in, and they were like, hey, did you see the fight? I'm like, yeah. I went nuts. And they're like, yeah, it was crazy. I'm like, dude, I think I went as crazy, if not more crazy, than when I actually saw BJ Penn choke out Kenny Florian live. I went just as crazy watching it on my phone in bed, like, i just woken up, and I was like, I'm going to watch this, you know? And uh, I just went nuts. Like, I couldn't even control it. Yeah. Like, dude, crazy.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great, man. And, uh, yeah, it just, it was fucked up, too, man, because, like, when Nate walked in, people were booing. It was, you know, the thing was, when I was watching this fight, it's like, it was almost like watching a movie. You know how, like, there's, like, you know, like, when McGregor came in, it was, like, laser beams and, like, fucking explosions, you know, and there was, like, a fucking, you know, a chariot and shit. And he rode in on, like, fucking horses and dragons and everything. There was this big pageantry, like you know. elephant with breast Elf. implants or yeah, something. Yeah, like, you know, like, like chimps with titties and stuff, you know. And it was, like, I'm, like, this is out of control, man. Like, the level of illusion and fantasy that was going on for a guy who I mean he's not Randy Couture he's not Chuck Liddell he's not like doesn't have the accomplishments like that and I'm like the illusion the grand illusion of his fucking career and I'm like this this has to stop man this can't go on like this and it was almost like watching like the Bad News Bears or something like that where like the underdog justly wins and succeeds and like dethrones the, the pretender, you know, even though no belt was won, And it was really kind of a meaningless fight really for it, for both guys. I mean, it was, it was really literally had no significance. It didn't really, I mean, I don't know. Did Nate's ranking in the lightweight division change as a result of defeating, defeating Connor? No. And Connor's still the featherweight champ. You know, Nate's, I think number five or four or something like that. Cause Six. after he, yeah, after he beat Johnson, he got back into the rankings. But it really didn't mean anything at all. It had no significance. I mean, McGregor dropped in the pound for pound, I think. You know? But it was just one of these, like... Thank goodness. It just had to fucking... It had to end, man. You know? And the ruse, like the fantasy, the facade had to fucking end. And, you know, I mean, it sure, I'm sure, like... You know, he's still going to be making millions of dollars. And I'm not trying to, like, you know, hey, this guy shouldn't make money. I mean, he does a great job marketing, but... This whole thing was just like, it needed to happen. The, the reality check needed to happen. You know, guy making claims that he can f- beat anybody in any weight class is like fucking ridiculous. You know? And
1: I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Uh, Luke Thomas did this crazy breakdown.
0: I like Luke Thomas. I listen to him. I wish now. I
1: could find it, man. Holy shit. He did a breakdown where he did frame by frame of some of the strikes that McGregor used and it was like every time his shoulder dropped to the right he threw an overhand left and every time his shoulder dropped to the left he threw a right uppercut every single time he did it in the fight and it was like that's crazy holy shit like i mean he didn't go back and look at other fights too but yeah what if i mean what if this is just
0: maybe that's his pattern part
1: of his movement you know yeah. and that's his pattern Yep. I mean, and then now there it is, you know, what if that people are like, Oh, this is something that I trained for now. You know, it's, it's interesting. I'm like, wow, man, you know, if Luke Thomas knows that, and I'm sure it got back to Edgar or, you know, maybe, hopefully it got back to Aldo. I don't know, but you know, it's just like, it's just more information against McGregor, you know, which could be part of, Solving him, as well as also just the mental game. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna out mental a Diaz. You're no, not gonna out no. trash talk him. No way. So he he went in there at a disadvantage there because that's a huge part of his game. Yeah, getting into the other person's head.
0: Totally. You know. But um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's a very very interesting time, man, for this whole thing. You know, and uh, I I am a fan of Luke Thomas. I think his uh, his analysis is really cool. There's no emotion in it. It's very um, like he doesn't. Have, he doesn't have favorites, you know what I'm saying? He just kind of like looks at the fight and gives you an objective analysis of what actually happens. And that's what I like about his, uh, you know, whenever I hear him, hear him talk about fights, you know, it's, it's like very technical and there isn't a whole lot of emotion involved in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he even broke down McGregor's jiu-jitsu in that, in that fight and said, people say it's terrible, but he said if you look at the first round, and, and he started breaking down some type of technique.
0: Yeah, it was a sweep that he did when um, Nate shot in right. in the first round. Yep. There was a sweep that he pulled off, which is like... But um, the thing is, I don't think Nate's jiu-jitsu actually won the fight because McGregor was going to get knocked the fuck out if he didn't... And I'm not even going to say that he shot for a takedown. He basically just fell to his knees and lunged forward. There was no actual level change. Like, his hips were behind him when he shot in for that takedown. And, um, it, it, Nate, you know, yeah, Nate, of course... Did some great jiu-jitsu, but it, the fight was over before it got to that point because McGregor literally was about to get knocked out. Yeah, I mean, I know that hurts a lot of people who are fans of his, but that's just the way it is, you know. And there was a knee, a body in the clinch. There was a knee that I think actually hurt him. It wasn't even really some of the some of the strikes to the head that really did him in. It was that body shot. So, I don't know. You got to pay attention, I think, a little bit. You got to watch these things a few times and, and sort of pick these things out, you know. But anyway, enough about that guy. We got a whole, uh, we got a cool fight card coming up this in a couple of days, and uh, we'll just talk about some of these fights. Yeah, man. You know, it's
1: at the top of it. I just got to say real quick, I'm I love Frank Mir, I love Mark Hunt. This is this is a fun fight. Oh yeah. So you know, it, it, there's not a lot going on in the rest of it. But it's gonna be a fun fight there's I think the card has a lot of fun on
0: it yeah yeah there there's like some there are some good notable people on the on the card though I think you know
1: where they're at in the career at this point though is you know they should be on a card like this,
0: yeah, that's true but uh one the one on the early prelims the fight past prelims, the one that's got my attention is ross Pearson uh versus Chad Laprise. I think that's gonna be a cool fight, and um you know, both of these guys have a bunch of losses. They both lost to uh, Trinaldo. Yeah, Masa and Yeah, and uh, you know, Ross Pearson is a tenacious guy, man. You know, and I think this is going to be a slugfest. You know, and I think did, aren't they both uh, Ultimate Fighter alumnists? I know, I know, Pearson was on oh, the Ultimate Fighter, wasn't he? I'm not he? positive about
1: Laprise, but maybe.
0: I think so. I don't know, I have to. Someone, so if anyone. Uh, Anyone who's still left listening to this thing after we fucking shit-talked McGregor all this time, if they know if, if Laprise was on the Ultimate Fighter, please let us know. But I think he was.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting that they both have the same last loss opponent. Um, obviously, way different outcomes. Pearson, I don't know if that was a split decision. Maybe it was just the scores were different. But Pearson lost a decision, whereas Laprise was knocked out in the first round. Uh, TKO. Uh Looking at his record, I mean, it's tough to say. Pearson, he he's durable. He's sometimes great. The fight before the uh, Trinaldo fight, he looked awesome. His footwork looked great. Um, his in-and-out striking, he looked really good. And then he didn't at all versus Trinaldo. And I think against, I think someone like Pearson's probably going to have that up and down constantly at this point in his career. Because it's like. You know the guy's been around forever. Yeah, yeah. But he's been win loss since April 2013.
0: Yeah, no, not a, he hasn't been able to put together a consistent like win streak or anything like that. It's been like That's just a ups, long and, ups and downs, freaking
1: time, dude. Yeah, to go win loss, win loss, win loss. Yeah. I mean, following that, he's gonna win, <laughs> and yeah. I do think that he is getting set up with a winnable fight against priest.
0: Yeah, totally. And actually, I think Pearson, isn't he like a, a, like a replacement? Wasn't he originally not on this card?
1: I want to say that's correct.
0: Yeah. I think there's another guy slotted to be here and he, you know, injury or whatever, had to drop out and Pearson was a replacement. Maybe. That would also
1: make sense why he's so low on the card and fighting someone like LaPrice. Because, you know, Pearson, even though he's win-loss, he's, he's always th- been fighting dudes in the top 15.
0: Yeah, the guy's got 30 fights. You know, yeah. so I mean, he's, he's been around, but I, I got Pearson in this one, too. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. once again, I don't know if he had a full training camp or what the details are, but I think I'm pretty sure he was a, a replacement on this. So um, up on the uh, the fight, the Fox Sports prelims, the the fight that I, I'm interested in is uh, the welterweight fight with Brendan O'Reilly versus Alan Juban. And, uh, oh, man.
1: Yeah, that's going to be. That's going to be awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah, totally. I've been following you, man. I like um, I like that dude. I mean, he, I like his—he's uh, a great striker, you know. And uh, I've been sort of like, you know, keeping an eye on his career. And he had a couple couple losses. He's got a bunch of wins, you know. And um, O'Reilly's like a relatively new guy. I think isn't he just like just like a second fight in the UFC?
1: Yeah, when I was looking at his record, man, that's something that stuck out. The thing that I that stuck out the most to me was that his nickname was the Badger and I liked that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Looking at his record, I'm like, yeah, there's not really anything on here of note. Uh, Whereas Joban, he lost to Tumanov. Yeah. I mean, Tumanov is really good. It's
3: a tough
0: fight.
1: And Tumanov just beat Larkin. I mean, Tumanov is legit. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with losing to Tumanov. Yeah. Yeah. I think Joban's going to unleash the type of uh dynamic vicious striking probably one round KO that you know he's capable of
0: I definitely see a KO coming in this fight whether or not it's the first round I'm not gonna make a call on that you know now uh first up on the main card we got Beck Rollins Rawlings versus C.O. He Ham for a strawweight women's fight and um I don't know I don't know much about. I know Beck Rollins was in uh, the in uh, Ultimate Fighter and I know that she recently has been uh, shaking her booty on the internet. There's a bunch of these videos of her doing that sort of uh hip hop video. Is that what it's called twerking? Yeah. Yeah. And um that's it's probably about,
1: not much there to twerk so.
0: That's about all. And maybe maybe pre-weight cut. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There might have been a little bit carrying a little bit of extra weight down there but uh that's that's pretty much like aside from the fact that she looks like trouble, you know, in general, that's not I saw I've seen her fight in Invicta um prior to being in the UFC against uh, Jessica Penne, I think. Or oh, no, no, no. The uh, the former champ, the one that um Jan Jacek beat. She fought her in Invicta. Can't remember her name, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, her. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I I'm I don't I don't really have much of an opinion on this one either. I don't really know much about Ham either.
1: Ciohi Ham is uh I I want to say her nickname's Hamderlay Silva. Um, <laughs> really? I think that, I think that's her. Um but man Rawlings is in the US like again. This is someone who I'm, I'm you know totally kicked my ass. No problem. Hundred percent. Sure. Kick my ass. Standing on the ground, whatever. I'm just a fan that watches this, but she's one of these people who I feel is popular because of how she acts. Yeah. How she looks. Mm-hmm. Um. I just she's
0: talented,
1: obviously, but she's not as like as talented as a lot of lower end UFC fighters uh and i, I don't know its her record isn't very good i, I think it might be uh, stronger on the losing end possibly
0: according um, to the stats that i looked at she's 6 and 4 but i think that's her total record i don't think, i don't know what her record strictly in ufc is
1: right and it's i don't know man it's it's not a fight that i really care about at all and i think it's way higher than it should be um it's just i rawlings has never been someone who i've gravitated to because when i watch her she seems very raw and just because she has tattoos of mohawk and (laughs) viper bite piercings that doesn't do shit for me man yeah so i'm like you know more care- I care more about, like, the entire package of talent, you know. So I don't really care about this fight. I guess I hope that he Ham wins because I like her nickname more. But that's really it, man. It's just another one of these fights. Like, I think it must be earlier on the card, like, Leslie Smith versus Ren Nakai.
0: Yeah. That's not, I think that's a that's prelim. Another- What's that? That's. I think that's on the prelims, right?
1: Yeah, it's another one, man, where, like, Leslie Smith is 7 and 6. And Ren Nakai should not be fighting at 135. She just has, her arms are humongous. Like, you're like, whoa, she has crazy biceps. But she should be fighting at 125. Yeah. Like, you could cut five pounds off of each of your biceps. Just those biceps, yeah. And fight at 125 might be a good idea because she was tiny, when she fought against Misha Tate. Tate was just way too big. And uh, that's a problem with the, the women's divisions in the UFC still, is that you don't have a lot of... You got a lot of people fighting outside their weight class because they're trying
0: to you know, there's only, either you know, get more money or notoriety yeah.
1: variety or popularity or something. Um, and then you also get a lot of people who... You know, they wouldn't be UFC-caliber... If it weren't for the fact that it's a shallow division.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, it's, and it's like women's, I was going to say it's like heavyweight, but it's not because you get to the top and you have some amazingly talented MMA fighters that are just like amazing. You know, you got in J and, and you got obviously Holm, yep. Rousey, uh, Tate, just like super. Kat talented. Zingano. Uh, Zingano. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all those people. Yeah. Um, but then you get to the bottom, and you got, you know, Leslie Smith and Beck Rawlings. And and they're just, like, the same type of fighters you would see probably, uh, like, on a cage rage or something. You know, people who go in there, and they give it their all, and they're going to put on a brawling fight. But, you know, when you weigh that against someone that has more of a complete package, it's just... I don't, I don't, I don't know where that, where that falls in modern MMA as, as a modern MMA fan.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a real disparity in, in talent, I think, from top to bottom in the women's uh, divisions. But I mean, you know, it's only, it's, it's relatively new, and I think that, as people, the skill levels increase, and more and more women actually see opportunities, that, that's, that's all going to change too. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident of that, you know. But yeah, yeah that's going to be awesome. You yeah. know, I
1: look, I look forward to that. You know, if. I mean, when you look back at MMA and you're like, okay, um, if we talk about like, you know, male MMA in its infancy, then you got like uh, Ken Shamrock and and Hoyce Gracie and stuff like that, you know, like very singular disciplined fighters. Yeah. So if that's where women's MMA is, is the infancy, you know, of, of that explosion at the UFC level. And we have Tate and Holm. And Rousey, then holy shit, man! Like it's gonna be amazing in five years. Yeah, definitely. We just gotta get there, you yeah. know. I mean, and, you're already and I still seeing. think that we have a lot of amazing fights and fighters in that division. I just think at the bottom, it's it's pretty shallow.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're already seeing like some really talented women, you know. I, I would love to see there be a 145 division too, man, and have uh, Christian Cyborg come down. Bring her in, man. I mean, she's an in Invicta. Yeah. They have a 145 division. There's they. Sh- I would love to see her fight in the UFC. I mean...
1: She would sell fights. She would sell the shit out of fights. I think Holly Holm could fight at 145.
0: Brutal. I think Holly Holm could be up in that division. She's a big lady. Holm would fight her. Yeah. Holm
1: said she'd fight her. Yeah, she you know,
0: would be, I could see her at 145. I think that would be an awesome fight that would definitely sell some tickets for sure. I mean, especially if Holm different. finds her way back to the title eventually... Yeah. And then she can say, all right, I got the 135 locked. Let me move up to 145 and fight Christian Cyborg, you know? And I think that would be a a barn burner, man. That would be an awesome fight, you know? Oh,
1: yeah, it's so awesome. Two different styles. You know, you get that just vicious power Muay Thai, and then you get Holmes very technical in-and-out kickboxing. Yep. I mean, that's that's an awesome fight, man. Yeah, definitely. I wish they would have a 45 division and and bring in – Uh, Cyborg even you know even if there's no one else and it's just her crushing people yeah you know if they want to sell tickets and they want people to watch people will watch the shit out of that you know
0: just do it absolutely you know and you know I tell you I'm like oddly attracted to Christiane Cyborg (laughs) I don't know what it is dude I follow her on Instagram and when she's not like all shredded like she's, she's, she's to me I find myself attracted to her man it's weird hey man to each his own you know
4: yeah totally dude
0: (laughs) <laughs> i like her man i think she's cool and like i think she's a great fighter you know so it'd be really cool i mean what so we do a little you know a little mexican supplements here and there you know never hurt you know just between friends you know what i'm saying <laughs> but um all right cool so I, I don't know i'm gonna go with uh coe ham because i i don't like uh beck rollins almost 500 fucking record the other lady's got 16 she's 16 and six But then again, you you don't know how many uh, soup cans are on that in that sixteen. Yeah, I
1: think a lot of that was either in Korea or Japan. Yeah, I mean, you know, Seo Hee is not Japanese. I realize that. uh, I think that's (laughs) (laughs) Korean. That sounds Korean. Korean, I think right.
0: Korean. What's that? Possibly Korean. Yeah. The next fight, though, is uh, James Tahuna versus Steve Bossi at the mid mid uh, middleweight. Yeah, uh, that's going to be good, man. Tahuna's back. He had, like, a 10-month layoff, I think. Um, He's got it. Yeah. Well, dude, yeah. Steve Bossy, He's got this is only his second fight, right?
1: Yeah, he got head kicked yeah. brutally by Thiago Santos. Yes,
0: and and this is, like, his second fight in the UFC against a savage, like, James Tahuna.
1: Yeah. Tahuna's going to light him up yeah. badly. Yeah.
0: But wasn't Bossy, like, a, a a baseball player or something like Hockey. that? Hockey. Hockey. Oh, Okay. <laughs> That's um yeah. that's kind of a jump there. Cool. I think going from hockey to like mixed martial arts. So yeah, Tuhuna. I got I got him too.
1: I got to go with Tuhuna. I mean, you know, um uh, he lost to uh, Glover Teixeira, he lost to Shogun. Who uh those are respectable losses. He lost to Markwart and that was like uh you know, but then you see Markwart you know, he stopped uh uh that guy with the lips. What's his name?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the lips Was it Was this recently Mark Hart Yeah yeah. he yeah. lost he was, a few he, was, he lost a few fights Mark, Nate, Nate the Great
1: Right I think he had You know He was on a super tear Of losses And then he went to middleweight And then he got destroyed um, By Brad Tavares Yeah And, and then uh, Then he beat Then they sent him with Tahuna And I was like Oh god It's gonna be horrible And he beat him And then And uh, then he beat. Uh, I gotta tell you, man, it's that guy with the lips. <laughs> <laughs> he, the guy who lost against. Uh, uh, he's on this Ultimate Fighter season I'm watching right now with. Uh, Forrest Griffin and Rampage. Uh, people hate the shit out of him. He's a middleweight. He, he just lost to uh, Bisping too. Um, shit, he's a wrestler you'll get to it
0: before I do oh, but fair. um all right so tahuna man this fucking app sucks <laughs> so wait tahuna lost to to markwart
1: right but then markwart the guy who markwart recently beat i'm trying to say that you know it just shows that markwart is still dangerous you know i think overall he is shot and that sucks to say cuz i love him back in the day at middleweight he was awesome um but yeah, I think that Tahuna's still I think Tahuna's gonna be bossy. Bossy's just not on on that level.
0: Yeah, right yeah, away, you know? definitely. I mean he's he's definitely uh I mean he's only got two fights in the UFC. And yeah. he used to play fucking hockey or some shit. So I'm not C B Dalloway. Ah, Dalloway. there you go. C B Dalloway, yeah. Yeah, the guy with the lips. The guy with the lips. Yeah, CB. I mean, CB Dollar, Didn't he get? He got like liver kicked by uh, Leonardo Machida down in uh, in like Australia or something like that. It wasn't wasn't that?
1: Yeah, he got that liver kicked by Machida, and then he got uh, he got stopped by Bisping, right? Or maybe yeah. one, maybe Bisping got a decision, and then um, and then Marquardt stopped him like with a big old left hand or something.
0: Dude, can you imagine like flying all the way down to fucking? Uh... You know, you you get you get on a plane and fly forty hours to go to Australia, and then in the first round, Leo Machida just kicks your liver out, and that's it. You go home. Can you imagine go to the there? beach, dude. Yeah, just what the fuck do you do after that? It's I like... go. I'd go to
1: the beach. I try to stay the fuck away from those spiders, and I go to the beach. <laughs> Australia's got messed up spiders, man. That shit's crazy. I hate dude, it,
0: dude. There's a lot of shit that'll kill you in Australia, apparently, man. You know, like just the the fauna in Australia are, is pretty dangerous. Apparently, you got know, weird Crazy like kangaroos stuff, and shit, and fucking koala bears and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> Vicious, rabid koala.
0: Like apparently, what's what's that uh, that the, that f- vegetation that koalas eat all day? They just chill out in that tree and they're eating uh, eucalyptus. Eucalypt, yeah, th- maybe, yeah. And yeah. I, they get high from that. So they yeah, just,
1: this is like poisonous, isn't it?
0: They just chill out in this tree and they're just tripping all day and they just hang out. That's like koala That's cool. bears life, koala life,
1: <laughs> tripping balls and shitting on people from a tree.
0: The sloths, sloths don't sloths live in the jungle, right? They don't live in Australia.
1: Nah. Yeah. They live in the jungle.
0: Sloths are are pretty tripped out looking animals too.
1: Yeah. They're crazy and they don't. They don't shit in the tree. They get down.
0: Yeah. That's how they get... It's like
1: their only safe place is in the tree. And they're like, I got to go to the bathroom now. Like, just crap where you are, sloth.
0: Yeah. But that, uh, you know, that's the circle of life, man. When they get off the tree, they get pre, pre- pred- predated. <laughs> predated. <laughs>
1: you about to get predated. That's awesome.
0: Preyed upon. Um, all right, so the next couple, couple of bouts. Uh, I, I'm not overly familiar with any of these guys except for a few of them. We got uh, Daniel Kelly versus Antonio Carlos Jr. at the at, at middleweight. And Carlos Jr., he's another guy who's like one and one or something like that, isn't he? He's like a, a new well, uh team, a Yes, new guy.
1: but he lost one to Patrick Cummings at light heavyweight. Which was just take down, take down, take down, take yeah, down.
0: Yeah, the way Cummins beats people.
1: Well, I love Cummins. No, no, I'm, tenacity. dude,
0: I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying that he wrestles the fuck out of you, throws you on your back, and just beats you up. And then he's brutal. And he looks like he, and most of the time, he takes mad shots to the face. And even when he that wins, guy
4: gets,
0: yeah, even when he wins, he looks like he loses. Like, I think it was yeah, maybe this that fight. Skin. It was might have been this fight where both of his fucking eyes were closed and he won. Like he looks yeah. like he got the shit beat out of him but he's still he's like the winner, you know. It's crazy.
1: It's crazy, man. He's got that like, you know, opposite BJ Penn skin.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, he's just like got sensitive skin and that's it, man.
1: <laughs> but um so yeah, Carlos Jr used to fight at at light heavyweight and now he's at middleweight. And granted, he looks a little emaciated. He also looks fucking huge. He's so big at middleweight; it's crazy. He is so tall and long. You're like, "Wow, dude, that dude is long." And um, he he's Brazilian jiu jitsu black belt. Yeah, I I think uh he's putting his striking together nicely. I think he beat Eddie Gordon. Oh, okay. And then he got a um, no contest from an eye poke in his next fight. So, uh, Kelly, he, uh, the first thing I said when I saw his picture, I was like, oh, this guy's going to lose. He just didn't look like a super in shape guy, which, you know, it's tough to look at a picture and just gauge. But a lot of time, honestly, if you see someone, they, you're like, well, he just might be one of those guys that maybe should be fighting at 175 or 180, a division that doesn't exist, you know? Yeah. Like he. Um he beat uh Luke Zachrick, which at one point I think was a good uh a good win, and he has one loss to Smile and Sam Alvey. So <laughs> I think he's gonna lose. Um I think he's just a very tenacious fighter and Carlos Jr. I think is gonna take advantage of the opportunities that he's given.
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Carlos Jr. too. On this one,
1: probably by tap out.
0: Yeah, he's gonna use his grappling to win this. All right. So next up, we got Jake Matthews versus Johnny Case at lightweight, which is Hollywood.
1: Is that his nickname? I don't know. I think it might be
0: Hollywood Case. Johnny Hollywood Case.
1: Head would be better.
0: And lightweight is 155 for any of you guys out there who don't fucking know that. So, at 155 pounds. Okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've seen Case fight before. Um, I don't know. I don't have much to say about either one of these guys, really. I'm not that familiar with them. Yeah, I know I've seen both
1: of them fight. I can't place it. I looked at the records. I thought about it. I was like, I know I've seen Jake Matthews fight. Apparently he lost to James Vick. I think he's he was really young when he fought fought against Vick, and that's his only loss. And um, man, Case is on a tear, undefeated since uh, twenty ten.
0: Yeah, that so. was that's the one stat I was going to throw out there is that he's four and zero. Uh, and I mean, both of these guys actually have pretty good records. They actually both of them have really good records. Fucking Case is twenty two and four. Twenty two and four. Yeah. And Matthews is 11, 10 and one. So these oh, guys ten and one. Okay. Yeah, but that that's career. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Career. It's career uh, record. So, um, both of these guys know how to win fights somehow. And, uh, but the last four cases undefeated. So his UFC record is four and zero, I believe. Yeah, and I I
1: want it. Has he only fought four times since 2010? I, cuz i think he's actually undefeated since 2010.
0: Really? Okay, so maybe In right. general, well, in MMA fights. Yeah. Well, his last four. I'm just I'm just going back to like the most recent cuz you know, oh, people yeah. so he's 4-0 in his last four, which is pretty fucking impressive still.
1: Yeah, I mean, jeez, man, being able to to win for the last 6 years shows that he's uh durable, adaptable, obviously well-rounded. Um you know they, they're they either going for trying to test jake matthews again yeah who i think had a had a tough out against james vick because he was super young and um it's interesting you know they're like all right what do you got jake matthews we'd love to see it be 11 and 1 and like you know he's young and they love to promote that or you know case of a veteran pretty much at 26 fights sure yeah that's a lot of experience he finally gets to get somewhere but yeah four four, four fights in the UFC and he's still fighting Jake Matthews you know this has got to be the hump after this I hope that he gets a a ranked opponent you know at least 15
0: I'm going to pick Case in this one just for the mathematics really you know what I mean like record you know that's all I'm going to base it on. Like I, I don't have, yeah, an, I don't have enough intel on either one of these guys to be honest. Like personal watching them fight, intel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, two people who I've definitely seen fight, but I just can't remember anything. They're not sticking out to me because the division's so insane. The lightweight division. Um, I mean, it could be another reason why Case hasn't had a fight in, in the top 15. I mean, those everybody in the top 15s fought everyone in the top 15, pretty yeah. much. You know, it's one of those divisions where you've had every single combination of fight that one could wish for almost happen already, you know, and if not, they're coming up. So, uh, I don't know. I, I I can't really pick a, a, a winner on this. I could see Matthews sort of showing that he's a legit prospect. Um, or I could see case, you know, showing that he's a, a legit veteran and, uh, Deserves to fight some uh, higher-ranked opposition.
0: Yeah, you know the um, the next couple fights are pretty fucking cool, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, the co-main's great. The next one, Lombard versus Neil Magny, is very interesting to me because uh, Lombard pissed hot on his last fight. He uh, tested positive for performance enhancing drugs, or more commonly known as PEDs. So who knows what what Lombard is going to show up? Because that dude looks like a fucking superhero.
1: Yeah, he's like a Cuban Kendall.
0: Yeah, like when he's all jacked up, he's just he looks like like out of a comic book. You know, looks like Wolverine or some shit like that. You know, <laughs> so um, you know that. That's a big factor, you know? I mean, he looks like he's on steroids. If you, if you see that motherfucker walking down the street and someone said he was on steroids, I wouldn't argue that point. I'm like, okay, I can see that. Um, I mean, the guy's he's a talented fighter. Um, if, if he still has the same explosiveness and strength and power, if he gets his hands on Neil Magny, I think that it's going to be a long day for Neil Magny. You know what I mean? But if Magny can weather those first couple of rounds or that first round, and maybe it's a round and a half, because you know Magny's known for being a cardio machine, and Lombard does get a little tired here and there, I think Magny might be able to pull this one out. Yeah, Lombard
1: really has started to... Before it was like, okay, he's a counter puncher. And then now it's like, he really picks his shots, and maybe it's a cardio thing. Yeah. Um. That Berkman fight was really weird. That was the one where he where,
0: tested positive, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was just weird. You know, he – there are long periods of no exchanges, just movement. Yep. You know, with, like, Berkman moving around and Lombard sort of, like – Pivoting around, you know It was was a really awkward fight And I think Magny, instead of Trying to get creative Or goofy Like Berkman was trying to do um, Goofy, I just mean like, you know Trying to do spinning stuff Drop his elbow, you know Do a karate stance Like Magny's not going to do that And Magny, you know, talking about long dudes Like Carlos Jr. Dude, Magny, I mean that guy's what? Like 6'4", and Lombard's five
0: ten. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right. If 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 Magny you keep him on the outside, and and you know, kind of like cardio him a little bit, get him worn out. You know, not have Lombard throw, put his hands on him. You know, and throw him around. I think that Magny has a good chance of taking this one. You know,
1: footwork and footwork and jabs for certain. Yeah, That must be a must be a plan.
0: Yeah, that's 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 my initial initially. Looking at this fight, that's that's how I see it. You know what I mean. If you can weather the storm, then I think he beats Lombard. You know, if he fights a smart fight, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, Magny's the upset machine. I sort of wish that was his nickname. That'd be cool. He like you know the upset machine. Yeah, because I guess if you took that literally, that'd be pretty funny too. Like it's a machine that's he's upset. You know, but um, (laughs) like that'd be pretty funny. Um, I don't. I want to. Magni likes taking people down. He likes grinding them. He likes grabbing them. But, uh, which sounds wrong. Uh, but, you know, Lombard could send him for a ride if he does that. Yeah. And obviously Lombard's strong and has a very strong base because of his judo and because he's 5'10 and just is like a fireplug. Um, I just, I hope Magni doesn't try to fight in that range. I just hope he, he keeps him at range and, 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 uh, jabs him and footworks cuts angles and
0: well magny being the taller guy i mean if you just applied logic it wouldn't make sense for him to try to get underneath a guy like lombard to shoot for a takedown or you know and lombard being a judoka it's like you know you don't want to clinch with that guy either because you'll he'll, he'll he'll end up throwing you through the air and you'll end up on your back or on your head or something like that so you know, Magny's just got to – he's got to, like, use his jab and keep him on the outside, footwork, you know, cardio him out, and then that's how he's going to win. But I'm – my pick is with Magny because I'm – like, like once again, you're saying, you know, he's the upset machine, you know. He pulls these fights out. I think I think Magny's going to take this one if he, smarts, if he fights a smart fight.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot like his past fights too. Like, his last two have been split decisions. I don't really know if they should have been at least the um shit the one against uh that uh that young Mexican kid. Um I think that Magny won that one pretty handily and uh I could see him doing that. I could see him pulling out a split decision 29-28 Lombard uh uh for Magny.
0: Sorry. For Magny, yeah. So our uh, our main event is uh Mark Hunt versus Frank Mir, Two veteran heavyweights battling Legends. each other. Legends. Yeah. You know, Hall of Fame material. Absolutely. You know? Uh Mark Hunt, also legendary in K one. You know, he's he's been around forever in combat sports. In Frank Muir, the decorated. Uh actually doesn't he have the highest submission rate in the UFC, Frank Mir? He's he's gotta. He's gotta, so, right. Yeah. I mean Mir I
1: think Hunt probably could be disputed if he's really going to get into the Hall of Fame. Um, While we all love him, and I think his his success in the UFC is amazing, the way he's turned around his MMA career. Mir is inarguable. Yeah. That guy is amazing. And you look at his whole story, and you know a lot of young people, young into MMA, you know, Regardless of their life age, if they're a new fan of of MMA, they might not know what Mir went through with the motorcycle accident and and being the phenom before coming back and just looking like shit. Because he'd been in a freaking motorcycle accident where he got hit by a car. Yep. And um, it took him a couple fights, more than a couple fights, to finally look good again. But there was that Mir back in the day, super out of shape, just like, you know, fat, frankly. Uh, no pun intended. And, uh, he, uh, turned it around and I remember when he beat, I think it was Anthony Hardonk who had this awesome, awesome Dutch kickboxer, awesome leg kick. Uh, and, uh, after he won, he was like, I'm back, I'm back. And just went around pointing at himself and saying, I'm back. And I was like, Oh, is he really? And he was, and it's been a fun ride since, you know? I mean, we, there's been some slip-ups, like, uh, against uh, Lesnar, he was able to beat him. But then he fought against Carwin and Lesnar, both of them, they were able to just pound the shit out of yeah. him because they were bigger. Um, but, yeah, man, Frank Muir, I really like the guy.
0: The only thing that worries me about this fight is that Muir in his last few fights, has been trying to showcase his boxing, you know? And... I think that, um, you know, his strength is his ground game. And if he's going to try to box Mark Hunt, I think that might be a bad idea. You know, I think it's a terrible idea. Yeah, especially
1: because Mir has been shown to be susceptible to the uppercut. And that's like a money punch for Hunt.
3: Yeah,
0: you know, and uh, Mark Hunt, didn't he like have some big physical changes? Like, didn't isn't he like a lot, lot lighter now or something? People were saying, "Dude, that,
1: went vegan, bro."
0: Oh, no, really?
1: Well, you know, I think that that lifestyle is good for some people. It wouldn't be for me. I would turn into like a flyweight and that would not be good for my body. But um you know, I mean, shit, man. Uh I might not uh think it works for me, but Jake Shields, yeah. Nate Diaz, yep. Nick Diaz, and uh Mark Hunt. I don't know if he kept with it, but when we're talking about a dude who's like 285 pounds, a little dieting isn't going to be the the worst thing for him.
0: But um I mean, so I haven't seen any anything on him recently, uh, as far as like, is he in condition? You know, because just because you go vegan doesn't mean you're you're going to have good cardio. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, no, that, not at all. That's the one. His big, you know, Achilles heel in his last few fights has been his cardio. You know. I mean, granted, one of those fights was at altitude, so I mean, that didn't really, that didn't help anybody. The any. fight, yeah, that no, didn't, no, no, the, um, uh, right, right, uh, against uh, Verdum. Redoom. Yep, that didn't help anybody, <laughs> you know.
1: And it was like
0: short notice; uh, it was ten a, days notice. Yeah, so I mean, that that you Terrible. have to take that one out, you know,
1: from uh, you know sea level.
0: Yeah, like you got Australia. You can't, yeah, you can't really count that, you know, as as, as a knock against him. It's cardio, but that. You know, Hunt does get a little tired, though. And this is a five-rounder, you know. and um, But I just think that if Frank tries to box him, Hunt's going to knock him out, really. I mean, Hunt knocked out someone who has a cast-iron chin in big country. I mean, not too many people have knocked out big country. And Hunt has knocked him out. So
1: Yeah, maybe only Arlovsky, I think, might be the only other one who's done it.
0: Yeah, totally, you know. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he got to stay away from those strikes. And so I don't know if Frank, if Frank Muir tries to go on the ground with, with Hunt, I see Hunt, I see Frank winning, but if he's on this like boxing kick that he's been on, I don't see it working out too well for Frank, you know? So I don't know. It depends on how he approaches the fight really. Well, Frank's
1: not a wrestler either. He's never had like a good double leg or a single leg. Um... Maybe he has trip takedowns. Yeah. I I don't know. I I, I think that Hunt's probably going to win either early or maybe if Frank stays resilient, maybe uh, Hunt will win in the third. But another thing is like, I think that, I mean, Styles make fights, man. Frank Mir is an amazing fighter. I don't think that Mark Hunt's the type of person that he do, he's going to do well against. Um, and Mears lost, like, how many out of his last eight? Like, five?
3: Yeah. He
1: lost He to lost Arlovsky, Overeem, yep. Barnett, Daniel Cormier, and Dos Santos. And um, maybe only the DC fight was the only one that wasn't, like, a complete shellacking. Uh, whereas Hunt lost to Stipe fair Doom and Dos Santos and uh I mean he took a shitload of damage the in those fights and the stipe one especially was was really tough.
0: Yeah, that was a hard one to watch, man. Yeah, just you know? take
1: downs and yeah ground and pound, stands back up, takedown, ground and pound, stands back up. It's like, oh God.
0: How much of a badass is stipe Miocic, man?
1: He I think is less of a badass than he could be, honestly. I don't really? think that he's in uh he needs to I think he should be in a better camp.
0: Yeah. But I think I, I've been really impressed by him early in his career, um, in the way he moves for a guy who's a heavyweight. Great boxing. You know what I mean? And his wrestling's really good too. Yeah. I mean actually he is or he's start I think that's really the depth of his background is wrestling, right? Yeah, I think so. He too. started out in wrestling, yeah, and he's a fireman too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's awesome. It's crazy, right? Much respect. Yeah.
1: Shout out to uh, Carson Daniel James.
0: Yeah, that's right, man. Firefighter. Um, but I, I, my pick is going to go at Hunt on this one. I just think that, you know, Frank is going to try to box him, and it's going to it's going to um come back and bite him in the ass. I think, you know, Frank's not going to be able to get him on the ground. And it's not gonna. It's gonna be a knockout. I hate to yeah, say it. Yeah, I, I see that happening too. Hate to say I mean, it. Don't want to say it, but that's the only thing I can see happening in this fight.
1: Yeah, Frank's getting towards the end of his shelf life. The guy's fought everybody. Yeah. He, he. You know, yeah. when I just named all of his losses, that's like the top five of the division. And then there's some people in there that I don't really want to see him fight like velasquez um because i just think velasquez would be so fast like that'd be i mean who knows what velasquez is anymore but you know i don't want to see him fight velasquez i don't want to see him fight uh uh uh, verdum um and that's kind of the top end like that's like once you name them he's fought everyone in the top 10 at this point and um Except for A uh, uh, and Hunt, I don't want to see him fight Hunt. I mean, A, uh, So then Hunt's the last one, and Mir's fought everyone in the top ten. And soon he's going to have lost to almost everyone in the top ten. Still, dude's a freaking legend. Dude's a perennial top tenner. You know, for it seems like infinity, and uh,
0: nothing but respect. But I, I think this is Hunt, Hunt's fight. Yeah, I'm I'm picking Hunt in this one, and I'm I'm even going to say that Hunt might be on his way out too, man. You know. I think that uh, both of these guys are nearing the, uh, you know, the, the latter closing years of their career, respectively, you know. And, uh, I mean, Hunt might have a few more left in him, but I think Frank needs to consider retiring after this, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, unless he wants to get a couple more paydays fighting dudes like Duffy.
0: Yeah, that's a possibility.
1: But But then, you know, he's the top 10 gatekeeper. which he might be right now, you know, I mean, that would be sort of what this fight is. Um, you know, another interesting thing I think about this is while Mir has shown that he can knock people out and drop people definitely recently through his career. Um, it makes me wonder what the longevity is at the end of a career. Maybe not longevity is not the right word, but what is more beneficial at the end of a career? You know, like, uh, for Mir, if it doesn't go to the ground in some fights, he's going to lose. You know, you look at yeah. Dos Santos, Overeem, Arlovsky. Those guys are just too good striking. You know, they're faster. They're more dynamic. Uh, they're more fluid. And, and Mir's made great strides. Um, and Hunt, I mean, dude, that guy, he's always one punch away. Yeah. You know, and like, thats that's different because the fights start standing, you know. Um, And obviously, Mirror has that submission knockout, you know. It's like, hits the ground, you're probably pretty screwed. I don't know, it's sort of an interesting thing for me to... I'll try to think about that more and and watch this fight and see how it it turns out with that in mind.
0: Yeah. Real quick before we... uh close out there's this new book that i just got it's called is this legal it's the inside story from the man who created the ufc it's Whoa. uh basically um you know art art Davy, the guy who did ufc number one or you remember yeah. when it was like ufc was uh you know a horny and gracie you know venture before mm-hmm. before the uh you know the the Fertittas took it over it's a book it's this guy named art Davy put it together I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's about Art Davey and one of the writers. It's like uh, it's kind of a memoir uh, that Art Davey wrote along with this guy, Sean Wheelock, who's like a journalist to help him write. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, the foreword's by Big John McCarthy. Um, I just started reading it and it's uh, it's really pretty interesting, man. It's like the whole backstory of leading up to uh, UFC one. Really cool, you know. And that I, sounds I good, man. You've yeah. been reading it on the train? No, just you know, just reading. You know, whatever. Whenever I whenever I read, I read it. <laughs> you know, it's that's, you know. I uh yeah.
1: I don't know, I always miss uh, that's you know, probably the only thing I would miss about New York City is reading on the train. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's
0: like Yeah, just and, chop shop through books. Uh, yeah, you can get it on uh you can get it on Amazon. You know, that's what I pick I, that's where I get all my shit. It's on Amazon. Pretty much everything. Nice, man. I, I buy everything on Amazon, like towels, stuff like that. You know, I got
1: to buy a uh, 20 pack of cassette tapes,
0: cassette tapes, old school, man,
1: I'm running out of uh, the tapes that I've had in stock for my, um, my, my bastardized set. Oh,
0: oh, right. Because you're doing that all with four tracks, like a four yeah. track, right? Nice.
1: I, I got a show coming up, so I have to, uh, I got to make a new set.
0: That's interesting, man. I want it. Yeah, Fuck, dude. I'm I'm like the wheels are in motion now. I was figuring out for you coming down here to play a show with us or something. That'd be really cool. That'd be sick. I'd be into that, man. Huh. But yeah, dude, the struggle's real in New York, man. Like you you were talking about reading on the trains. The only thing you miss about this place. (laughs) Struggle's real, man. It's uh, the war against mediocrity and greed, really, down here. You know? It's like a, you know, buy and sell fucking lifestyle, man. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, I can go on and on about that. But anyway, we we wrapped up these fights pretty nicely. And um, so, yeah, man, uh, should be a, a cool evening of uh, mixed martial arts entertainment, man.
1: I like these Australian cars, you know, usually got really good crowds. I don't know if it's outdoors. I can't figure out where the hell it is, but they're usually really good cards. They do a good job.
0: Yeah. No, totally, man. But uh, but once again, man, thanks for uh, taking out time on your Wednesday night. And uh, you know, we 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 got some more of these coming up. We got some really good fights coming up. Not not just UFC 200, but we got Daniel Cormier and uh, John Jones fighting. That's going to be pretty insane, man. Dude,
1: I cannot. Wait for
0: that card. Yeah, that that's a big one, man. You know, and yeah, there's a bunch of other cool stuff going on. We'll we'll be covering all that stuff. Is uh,
1: Weidman Rockhold two on that card too?
0: I think there aren't a separate UFC. There's a lot of bad blood there, man. You know, between those two guys. Crazy rematch. Oh yeah. How do you think that one plays out? Same. Who knows?
1: Man, you know when you go back and you look at it. Well, I mean, there's two things, you know. It's like, Weidman was injured, Brockhold was sick, you know. Like, yeah. Everybody's got something. But what would the fight have been if Weidman didn't do that stupid fucking Turning side spin kick? kick?
0: <laughs>
1: I'm going to do a spinning back kick.
0: I've never seen yeah. him throw that ever, man, in his whole career.
1: He pretty much just turned around and was like, jump on my back. Yeah. It was like, oh my God. And like I think he had been taken down earlier in that fight and wasn't really winning the exchanges, you know, against uh Rockhold who's just so, you know, Wideman's great on the ground, but Rockhold's just innovative and yeah. and, and he's long, you know. That mm-hmm. comes up a lot, I know. It seems in this one I'm talking about dudes who are have long arms, long limbs, but Rockhold has long limbs and he's big.
3: Yeah, he's, he's big, a big strong guy.
1: guy. And he's athletic. fast, he's athletic. Great jujitsu, just innovative. Um anyways, for Weidman to give that up, that position, get taken down from that position, and then, you know, got started, that was it. That was the downfall. Without yeah. doing that, it's a much more interesting fight.
0: I'm interested in that one because, you know, Chris Chris Weidman's as tough as they come, man. You know what I mean? And I've grown to be a fan of his. Um, and Sands the Trump support? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, dude, I'm just talking about his fighting. You know, but yeah, his politics—he's <laughs> like Ted Nugent or some shit. You know, I love Ted Nugent, but his politics is fucked up. You know, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude, he um, there there's no one tougher than that guy. And and do I think he can beat Luke Rockhold? Yes, but do I think he's going to? Is a question mark. You know what I mean? I mean, I think he has the ability to beat him, but you know, Rockhold's pretty crafty, man. His his crafty with his jujitsu. And his uh, striking is pretty on point, man. Like, it's, like, pretty elite-level striking. And, like, Weidman, he's got good boxing, but he's not, like, an elite-level striker the way I think that uh, Luke Rockhold is, you know? And, you know, I, I back Weidman. I back both of those guys. I'm I'm a fan of both of those fighters. So, it, for me, it's not emotional. It's just, like, an interesting fight. And, you know, it'd be cool to see... Whoever wins, wins really. I can't really. It's hard to make a call on that one. You know? What what do you think about DC versus uh Jones? Jones. Yeah, without a doubt, dude. Without a doubt. I hate that, you know. I mean, DC, cool guy, you know. But uh we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I really I do think John Jones is motivated. He's training, like really training. Like I can't wait to see what he looks like. Oh, dude. Yeah. You know, and and he's gonna. I think he's gonna smash him, man. You know. Uh, so that that's gonna be a, another high charged, you know, fight. Just charged, you know. So yeah, a lot of cool stuff coming up.
1: Yeah, I think that Jones is perpetually between DC's ears, man. Yeah, yeah. You you can't shake it, and nope. that's not that's not good for him, and maybe it motivates him. But aside from motivating him, it bothers him. And uh yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think that's I don't think that's good for DC.
0: No. You know, but it's like an interesting rivalry though, too, you know. It's like and I like I like the, the bad John Jones. I like the, the heel, you know, that he's coming out to be. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. You should
1: ride that into the sunset, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. So, um, have a good night, man. And I'll, uh, I'll, too, t- I'll talk to you next time.
1: Totally, dude. Always a pleasure. All right, bro. Take care. Hey.
2: Gray heavens, no light.
1: Thunder and lightning and,
0: and hail. That sucks. It's like... It's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah. I, um, like earlier, like I went down, when I, before I went down to train, it was sunny out. And then when I came back upstairs, it was like fucking pouring rain. And I didn't have like, you know, I just had like a, like my denim jacket and I was like soaked by the time I got to the subway. Oh shit, man. That sucks.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I went for a run earlier. Um, That... Uh, Obstacle 5K I do every year. Is oh, cool! Right on. A month from today, so I was out there uh, getting some road work in, and um, the clouds. I was like, "Man, it might rain," but it was fine.
0: That's awesome, man! So usually yeah. it takes you like four weeks to train up for that,
1: dude. I'm always you're always ready. Always, always ready. You're like Nate Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, minus boxing and jiu-jitsu, sure. <laughs> But, yeah, dude, I'm – dude, always, like, i just been, like, exercising a lot, you know. Um, it's great. Went over my friends. I've been going over my friends over, uh, like, a 15-minute drive from here, uh, working out. He has a garage. He's just been there. He's much bigger than me, so he's able to just, like, really push me and spot me. And it's been awesome, man. And uh, he lives next to this hill, and last week we uh, – did some like log carries up the hill grab some big logs slung it over our shoulder and just just freaking hucked it man and it was uh it was pretty awesome
0: wow that's fucking cool man
4: yeah
1: it was some cool like outdoors cardio it was pretty awesome